You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very exciting episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, where we woke up and then changed all of our notes to talk about the crazy stuff that's happening. Uh, so my name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another wonderful yeah. summer edition. I hope you're enjoying your summer. Yeah, we had uh, uh, two wonderful guest episodes back to back, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, these are good too. I like our our just mm-hmm. me and you episodes because we like a lot. I mean, things are happening with my new Monera game. Lots of stuff going on that we haven't been able to talk about for the past three right. weeks. It feels like so. Uh, this will be fun. This will be fun. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll just dive into the big news. So dive Amazon, in. good friends Amazon, have uh, leaked two books. Friends of the show. Uh, friends Amazon. of the show Amazon. Uh, Jeff Bezos <laughs> himself. Um, yeah. And they. this just happened this morning, I think, because a couple of the news outlets are now leaking it out. It was on Reddit. Uh, Nerd Immersion's already got a video up. I was telling oh, him about so it. Funny. I was like, Ted, they, oh, wait, you already have a video out on it. Okay. And it, I was like, well, I'm, I'm behind. Um, but uh, we knew it was going to be an adventure, and we knew it was going to be something else, and the something else was a Magic the Gathering setting. Mm-hmm. I still was very convinced, and like certain sources told me that a Dragonlance setting is coming, but maybe that'll be in 2022. So, Yeah, I, yeah. I was convinced. We've, we've been reporting on this show. We kept finding places where they said there's two more books coming that reference older setting campaign stuff. Yeah, you're right. So we thought there were two more coming that were going to be classic we like, campaign well, Dragonlance makes sense because yeah. the books are coming out and that was everybody's mm-hmm. big guess. And then it was the second one that everybody's like, well, it could be this or it could be that. Yeah. Or, you know, it could be Spelljammer. Spelljammer. <laughs> Take your drink. That should be our drink because we're going to mention Spelljammer and everything until we get it. But this is surprise. Well, not surprising because it makes sense on the books that we haven't had an Magic the Gathering book yet this year, so it yeah. makes sense we're getting one. And then a Feywild book, we've been talking about nonstop probably every show this year already. We kept saying, why don't they have a Feywild book? Yeah. Why don't they have a Feywild book? Why don't... So it makes absolute total sense. They've listened to us completely. But the <laughs> other rumors must have been wrong then. So those must have just been well, wrong or they're coming later. And that's... Uh, I... Because there can't know. be four books coming. Well, yeah, I don't. I think these are the last two books for 2021. Yeah, November but and they're good. I wonder if that campaign setting is going to happen in early like March of 2022. The first book of the next and year. so around Christmas we'll be hearing about it, and that's going to be the other classic campaign setting. I I just uh, so I don't know. maybe they could announce it this year. That would satisfy yeah. the rumor, but the book would be for next yeah. Or year's. the rumor was like. Yeah, I mean things get pushed back and yeah. forth, you know. Yeah. So stuff gets like, well, we're gonna we're gonna move this well, over to quarter my eight. So. I had a lore question for Jordan, the you know good friend of our show, the PH Asylum. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> I had wondered. It's called the Wild Beyond, the Witchlight, mm-hmm. a Feywild adventure. Is that a reference to any previous setting book that we can think of so, at all? From what I've read, okay, so we should just talk about this first because yeah. a lot of people don't know but the why the two books that were leaked on amazon are the wild beyond the witch light a fey wild mm. adventure and this is their big adventure so this is their icewind dale this is the big yeah, uh, like Gate. one to 15 adventure that's going to come out Dungeon Mad um and we don't know anything about it because it just says it's it's an adventure 
Uh, and it's going to be, tune in to D&D Live on G4, Jan- July 16th and 17th, uh, which will introduce characters, monsters, mechanics, and story hooks, and da-da-da. So they're, they're, they're just kind of, here, here you can have this. There's no cover art yet. Nothing, nothing is out there. Yeah, it's a placeholder on Amazon if you find if you search. Yeah, for it. so it's just a placeholder. Uh, but but this is what was leaked by Amazon, and it's going to come out mm-hmm. September twenty first, twenty twenty one. So yeah, this is their big. I mean, this is their every year they've been doing those those campaign settings, or not campaign settings, but stories. You know, uh, uh, a campaign to play in, and so I wonder if, I mean, this will be probably a excellent reference to the Feywild, because you're going to play in the Feywild, is what it sounds like. Um, mm-hmm. The Wild Beyond is always just kind of like the Feywild, the whatever. So that makes sense. Witchlight didn't ring a bell to me uh, off that's the top of my wondering. head. Yeah. I, tried to so look. There's I don't know if that's, there, I don't know if that's related, something but... they created, uh, mm-hmm. but in the sense of like, it's, you know, part of the story, or if mm-hmm. it's actually has some Feywild canonical history with it, which the Feywild isn't that old. I mean, it is just a fourth edition concept that they solidified and named. There was always like the realm of Fey, but like they mm-hmm. actually like, you know, made source books for it in fourth edition and stuff like that. So I yeah, don't know. E- even in the little blurb, it says uh, bringing the wicked whimsy of the Feywild to fifth edition for the first time. So as in saying it's been around in other editions, here's the first time we're bringing in the fifth edition. Here we get it, which is what we kind of wanted. Um but I had wondered if Witchlight, because I looked, there are some authored books out there not related to Dungeons and Dragons, but I couldn't find anything. But it did seem like a very specific reference. So I wonder if there's some deep lore that some of the uh, internet sleuths could bring up for us and let us yeah, know. Yeah. So, boy, just Googling it, um, the Ooh. fifth edition system reference document, the creatures, Ooh. there is a Witchlight tiny construct creature that flies around and is made of quartz. But I don't know if this website is viable, but it looks like it is also called a spook light. A witch light is a wizard servant created from a tiny piece of quartz. It appears as a floating ball of flickering light, similar to a will-o'-wisp. It's animated through magic, so I don't know. That's kind of cool, though. Uh, Cyberwolf was saying it might... cover might have been leaked on the fantasy grounds website because they sell modules over at fantasy ground just like roll 20 does but i don't i'm looking around i don't know if i see anything yet if you guys see it posted in chat or let us know where you see it but that's that's what i love about a show like today or an announcement um that does leak a little bit and, and, and it's just enough for us to go and start looking at for things and try to find things but it's not enough to tell us here's everything that's in the book right i don't want yeah. somebody to Give me page per page screenshots. If you have the book right now, don't do that. Give us little hints and let us go find stuff until the book releases. And then when it releases, we can see what was actually in it. Give us tiny hints, not the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll keep yeah. looking around. I, I don't know. The, my, my sources don't have any any pictures, but uh, yeah, I'm not I don't. I don't peruse around fantasy grounds very often. So that would be yeah, interesting. I got some cool stuff on there. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to I'll do some more witch light sleuthing uh maybe when i'm not streaming and recording a podcast (laughs) uh so that'll be fun that's an adventure and i have wanted to get a a lot of people want us to get away from the sword coast uh which you know we have because we've gone to hell uh we've gone to cholt um they're 
the abyss or not the abyss, but like the underdark is not very, I don't know. So I, I always get frustrated when people are like, again, another one on the sword coast. I'm like, just cause you start there and you end up in hell doesn't mean it's a sword coast adventure, but, uh, say me. So the next book is, uh, a magic, the gathering setting book. Like we've seen before with Ravnica and Theros. And this one is called, uh, curriculum of chaos. And it is a Strix Haven magic, the gathering setting. Uh, the more I read about this, the more I'm just like, this is perfect for Dungeons and Dragons. Like I yeah, had no Strixhaven. idea. Like, yeah. yeah. So Strixhaven is the Wizards of the Coast Magic Gatherings take on the magical school genre, like uh, Harry Potter and all these other things. So uh, it's a university that exists in the multiverse that has five colleges founded by an elder dragon. Um, and each college is uh, a combination of the different Magic the Gathering magical colors so silver right. quill is light and dark I, i'm probably saying all of these wrong white and black that's what we say sorry mm-hmm. uh, prismari is blue and red wither bloom is black and green lorehold is is uh red and white and quandrix is green and blue and i guess uh the colleges battle it out with each other uh, mm-hmm. And this is a this is like a safe haven in the multiverse, and so a lot of planeswalkers will try to get there to kind of like hide or you know just like recuperate or something with something going on. So, uh, and so then looking at the cards, that's what I was like uh, curious about. <laughs> is uh, awesome. all of them like I found a bunch of the cards on uh, magic.wizards.com, and there's a lot of like instant spells, but there's also creature, human wizard, creature, frog wizard. Uh, creature, bird wizard. Uh, what other ones? Everything's I saw a wizard. Uh, merfolk wizard. Everything's a wizard. But no, there were there were clerics, uh, human warlock, uh, vampire warlock. So a lot of these were the names of classes that we already play. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's artifacts. There's uh, well, this is the black deck, so it's all uh, shamans, warriors. Uh, yeah, so I was looking at this, and I'm like, this actually seems really cool. Lots of spirits. Um, so we'll probably get a bunch of new, or or re, like, like we have a grung, but they might take the grung and just reverse it into, like, now you're a frog wizard or something. But, uh, boy, it looks cool. Plant dog, some of these. Oh, and druids. There's a lot of druids. A lot of druids. So yeah. uh, I saw a monk earlier when I was going through these cards. So, yeah, yeah it's dwarf cleric. setting. It does. Perfect it seems like a great me. setting for <laughs> D&D. So I, and, and it's funny, I don't know anything about Strixhaven, but I would be excited about this book, probably because I like magic and mm-hmm. the idea, not Magic the Gathering, but the idea of just magic in general. And this would be a whole campaign setting that kind of revolves around magic. So ideally new spells, you know, yeah. probably some new classes uh, or subclasses, I should say. But... What do you yeah, think? I would love for them to dive into a big a big spell edition if you're going to have lots of mages and mage dueling. Yeah, maybe that could be a fun a, mechanic. A form a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a how they could do that, and then that would let you play more of a school of magic in Dungeons and Dragons. We don't necessarily have one now. You have Fey, which is like the city of you know wizards and sorcerers and things like that, but we don't ever get over there yet. Um, there's no real magic city on the Sword Coast that's just pure magic. Maybe Silvery Moon might be the closest you could do that with because it does have like academies and things in it. If you mm-hmm. read about that a little bit, so you could maybe do a, a school of magic kind of you know teenagers going to high school or 
they just graduated high school. They're going to college, you know, magic college. And you could play those kind of well, style games. I, There's a lot of people that love that style of a game. I play, I mean, okay. So the McElroy podcast, they were playing D and D five E and they did that where they were at a magical school and like they yeah. ran through a whole scenario of this magical school. And so it's a, it's a trope that is fun, you know, yeah. especially if you're just like, <laughs> you're a level one wizard and then you go through, uh, Bored with Life Adventures, a podcast that I really like that they have uh, sadly discontinued. They might bring it back. I don't know. But they were playing through a game called XP Academy, where they were like these these special uh, kids that were born under the right stars. And they, they find these special kids, and then they force them to go to an academy where they can learn their magical potential. And that was a really fun one, because they had to use, they had to go out an adventure and come back with gold and then like study. And he had this whole mechanic of how they would like level up and stuff using uh, gold as XP. And it was a lot of fun. So uh, anyway, yes. So it's, you know, we've done this. People, people do this. This, this makes a lot of sense for D and D. If you're going to play Harry Potter though, I recommend kids on brooms. It's really fun. Yes. yes. (laughs) Uh, Cyberwolf brings up a good point too. We haven't really seen, UA articles that support anything to give us a hint from Strixhaven. We've seen plenty that might give us some stuff in Feywild. If we go back now, we could probably look at some of the UA stuff that hasn't appeared anywhere yet, and I bet we could guess several of the items that might now make a showing in the Feywild adventure that could could possibly show up there. But yeah, he's uh, he's correct. We just haven't seen anything with um, Strixhaven. But you can go buy the card sets right now. You can go buy. I've been waiting to go down because I still want to go and buy the um, D&D card set that's going to be in Magic the Gathering so yeah. we can see the, the D&D crossover into Magic, which I think would be cool. And maybe that's how they do it because maybe Strixhaven World is a good pull-in for the D&D stuff um, because most of the, D, the, the Magic the Gathering cards are like planes, right? They're a world... And then they have the rules around them and the theme mm-hmm. to it and, and the stuff. Or are they just going to do a, are they going to call it Terrell? Or are they going to call it Forgotten Realms? Are they going to call it, you know, after the continent? Are they going to call it after the coast? Are they going to call it after, you know, I wonder. I'm really curious to see what that even looks like, too. Yeah. And then to play Magic the Gathering rules with all of the tropes of I summon my beholder. And then you summon your lich lord. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're like here's my wizard of fae that that does this or what, you know, whatever. So I I was (laughs) looking at the Forgotten Realms Magic the Gathering cards and I I have a set on pre-order and then Mm. this isn't like an official thing yet, but I had a Magic the Gathering website contact me because they want to cross promote between D&D channels and Magic the Gathering channels. So I'm on like a waiting list and we'll see, but they were talking about sending me a lot of cards and if they do that, I want to unbox a whole bunch of them. Heck and then uh, I think it was, uh, I don't I don't play Magic the Gathering very much, but we were talking about like Indoor Adventure said he might uh, teach us magic. And I was like, that could be a really fun episode for a YouTube thing where we're like, let's, or we'll just play. And we even talked about buying some on the Magic the Gathering arena and then we yeah. could uh, play there. So yeah, we'll wanna, say, but I'm excited. Store, but yeah. There's a, there's a dungeon mechanic apparently that I read about. So while you're playing your Magic the Gathering card game, there are certain cards that let you delve into the dungeon. And then if you come, you could come back with certain artifacts or something like that help you. And so they're, they're playing off of the D&D aspect of it, you know, which is fun, mm-hmm. which is fun. And they, they know it. I mean, they're, 
wizards. They own both yeah. properties. So yep. yeah, very cool. Yeah, I want to. I was going to go down to the 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 mortar, sh- you know, store the mm-hmm. uh, the actual physical store, buy a big box of them, bring them back, and definitely I thought doing an opening of them would be super cool um, for our, one of you know one of our shows at some point, or even a an evening show or an extra show or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> play and we could see how they play. See what the cool, look at all the cool artwork. I'm just interested to see all the. Do they have they brought in a bunch of the old stuff? Have they brought in new artists to do stuff that looks like the old stuff? Yeah, so the cards that they've revealed specifically, like there's a there's a Drist card um, that, or I got yelled at the other day. Is Drizit? I'm like, I don't say Drizit, I say Drist. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, but people on Facebook were very upset that they're like, you're you're saying it wrong. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's a, it's yes. a made up word. I don't think Ari Salvatore yeah. cares. But uh, so. Uh, the Drist card is amazing. And then the painter of that, he sold the painting for like $40,000 or something. Ooh. Like, okay. so uh, not to Wizards of the Coast, but it was just like, here's the here's the finished painting. Wizards has all their pictures and stuff and mm-hmm. the license to use it with Magic the Gathering. But uh, it's, anyway, yeah. So kudos to that artist. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah, that's good <laughs> so. stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they're doing, uh, I guess the thing with Magic the Gathering now is they do a lot of custom borders and, uh, different art on limited cards. So you have the same card, but you might have different art on it. And Mm -hmm. so they're doing like, there's the new fancy Drist card with the amazing art, but then there's also like, they took Drist from like a second edition black and white thing and put that on the card. So there are some like throwbacks to earlier editions of D&D. Um, the new Lolth painting looks amazing too. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have, so a bunch of characters and then you have things like, you know, goblins that you can summon oh, yeah, and all like the monsters Tiamat. and stuff. Tiamat, Tiamat was one of the, Tiamat cards, was one right? of the cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Cyber so, was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so that comes out, I think July as well. Yes. Yeah, pretty uh, soon. So it, too far. Or maybe it's June. I don't remember. Anyway, somebody in chat will let me know, but, uh, you can pre-order yeah. now, but yeah, yeah you I can was pre-order. thinking it's still a couple weeks off before I could go pick my card and stuff. Yeah. 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 For sure. So that's... Well, you have that. played Magic in the past. It's not like you haven't played... Maybe you haven't played current Magic in the last year and a half or so. Yeah, when I... When you did play, what was the color combo that you liked uh, to throw together? Oh, man, I don't even know. Like, uh... What did what I... So, well, I, I the thing is, is I never owned any cards. Like, my oh, friend... just playing Arena, I guess. Well, no, not even Arena. Like, in college, my friend wanted me to play Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds cool. And we went to the card shop. And mm-hmm. I looked at his inventory of cards, because he's been playing since 95. And I looked at my inventory of cards, and I'm like, zero. And the <laughs> the it felt like such a financial investment to have fun. Like, I like the idea of building decks and all this other stuff. And my friend was not being mean by any means, but he's like, I mean... I can't blame him for saying, oh, you want to play Magic? I've been wanting to try out this crazy deck I built. And he would just <laughs> annihilate me. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. like, I don't know. So we got, in a, we, we got into a habit where I didn't like playing against his, like, decks that he's fine-tuned over many, many years. And so we started doing drafts where we would just yeah. buy things. But at the end of college, he was like, well, I love Magic. And I'm like, yeah, and I here. And so I gave him my cards. And I kept a small deck of uh slivers it was a sliver deck um and i just 
liked that, and I have since lost all of those cards. I don't know. Mm -hmm. the, somewhere in the many moves that I did as a as a young 20-something, they're <laughs> yeah. gone. And I'm really yeah. sad, because it would be fun to just have my old magic cards, but they're, yeah. I lost them. Yeah. I so assume. I never had, like, a, I, oh, I really like playing green-black. Like, I never had that experience. And with Arena, the cards that were kind of, like, freely given and the ones that I bought, I just, like, followed some deck building online, because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I had got in on the beginning and then in the 90s into the 2000s, I ended up sell selling my Arabian Nights and my beta cards and those ones that I had because I wasn't playing. They were just in boxes. Yeah. Twenty five hundred dollars back then. Whew. And I fixed my car because right at that time I had broken a piece underneath my truck that I was driving. And yeah. I was like, I need to fix it. So I sold those cars to a friend who was a really super pop. You know, he loved the game. He's probably still playing that game. And he probably still has those cards right now. If I were to try to sell them right now, they'd be worth a ton of money. Yeah. But no, I had... I needed I had, the money then. <laughs> I almost had a complete set of first edition Pokemon cards. There. And, uh, oh, like, I don't know where they went. I had them all. They were in sleeves. Mm -hmm. They were well protected. And then again, the last time I remember them was 2005. And I was in a... I was living in an apartment <laughs> with a friend... And I left that apartment early to take a job in Seattle, and I don't know where they went. And I, he might have them, but I haven't talked to him in years, uh, mm -hmm. and I doubt that he does. But that's the same thing. Like, I look online, and I'm just like, oh, I, oh, I would have had, like, that oh, extra $5,000 be real nice yeah. right now. <laughs> I was missing a Charizard and another one, but I can't. But I had almost all of them. It was great. Yeah. So. yeah I got into it heavy at first and then fell out of it. But then I just had this box that just sat around. Yeah. And then five years later, all of a sudden, it's worth money. If I'd have kept it 10 years, it'd be worth more money. If yeah. I kept it 15 years, it'd just be crazy. But it's it's cool. I'm glad that there's the crossover. I know it's yeah. not everybody's bag. I know we talk about it all the time. Not everybody wants magic the gathering in their dungeons and dragons not everybody wants dungeons and dragons in their magic the gathering but i'm that that key audience so i i'm who they're targeting so they're not targeting you they're targeting me yeah <laughs> and i'm buying all that stuff so yeah no and it's weird because uh ravnica i wasn't too excited for theros mm -hmm. i think i liked the idea of it but i would much rather use the theros um rules to play a greek style game with like yeah. zeus and stuff like i don't really see the need to use their gods mm -hmm. uh but i mean i'm very excited for a Feywild adventure that sounds fun but this strixhaven i'm like i don't know anything about it really but like i'm i'm game for magical school like i think that's yeah. really fun so i yeah, two books that i'm wizards. very excited for i think it'll be awesome um we'll see well, this, just the factions this, Imagine uh, like you summer. could yeah so you could play a you know you're as a dungeon master you can set up prismari having and fighting wither bloom but yeah. it's all been set up by silver quill who's in the background trying to get both of those groups to fight so they can do something else mm -hmm. i mean there's they're giving you built-in factions that can kind of compete against each other openly and in the shadows so your your players can find out about that kind of stuff they can be a part of one of those or they can just be working for one as mercenaries or groups that get brought in to do missions for them and maybe they work for a couple of them mm -hmm. and you could have a whole city where this stuff's happening i just there's a lot of potential of storytelling going on there that could be really fun so they could be a part of it they can be adjacent to it and it's part of the filler it's part of what's the npcs that are going on and as a as a gm imagine all the cool npcs you can create in that world you know yeah. all the cool mages from the different factions and the spell combinations 
I, mean, I wonder Josh if they'll be like limiting be though too. Like if I'm a yeah. if I'm a necromantic this, then I can't actually learn these types of spells. It'd be kind of interesting awesome. if they reshape the spell trees for classes. Yeah. So. Well, sometimes limits though are fun. Sometimes oh, I love it. Yeah. make you more yeah. creative. Yeah. Too, so. When you're just like, hey, we're gonna play in this world. You can't be a you know human. What? I don't know. I think that's yeah. interesting. Um, also, I want to point out before we move on that there are those schools, and then there's the Orik, and I don't know if I'm saying that right, O-R-I-Q, and these are the the, the, the mages who couldn't pass the entrance exam of Strict, Strixhaven, or their dropouts, and they started, they started an evil whatever, and they're yes. obsessed with power, and they have cool masks. We'll so, show yeah. them. So there's your villain, and that looks really cool. Uh, yeah, you know, like a whole it. a whole order of mages that are out to get you because you mm-hmm. succeeded in school, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, because you wouldn't let them into your, your, your prize yeah, school. your club. So, no, super they. fun. Um... Gnomes are going to be king because they have those advantages on saving throws, now that I think about it. Uh, Yeah, so moving on, we got, that's all we really know about that. We'll keep you guys posted. If you follow us on Twitter, obviously we talk about stuff and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about Kickstarters for a little bit because I actually have been funding quite a few of them in the last little bit. I'm a Kickstarter junkie. I know. (laughs) So the first one uh, that I got here came in the mail two days ago. And this is, uh, I got Old School Essentials Advanced Fantasy. Now, this book is awesome. Like, it's so well put together, too. It's it's so good. That was a nice picture. Uh, This is a, uh, by Necrotic Gnome. And they did a Kickstarter a while ago for uh, Old School Essentials Classic Fantasy. And so the Classic Fantasy was like a reinterpretation of the BX rules of of Dungeons and Dragons, basic expert rules, but they wanted to clean up the text and just make it a little bit better and things like that. So this would be the like a D and D version. Cause this is advanced oh, gotcha. fantasy. Yep. So they did a Kickstarter back in September to fund this. And you can, what's really cool is they kind of combined the BX rules and the advanced rules into one book. So if you already had classic fantasy, part of the Kickstarter was you could order just the four books that would like elevate your classic fantasy game to advance. Or you could get this, which has, um, you know, all of the rules. And so we've got a player's tome. I've got a referee's tome. And then I didn't even buy these extra, but because the Kickstarter reached its goals, they included two adventures. There we go. Oh, so nice. And these are... Like, they're hard. These are hardback, and they're really cool. And I've only been reading this one so far, but it's called uh, Halls of the Blood King, and it's about, like, a a vampire strahd kind of castle that appears, and your players, for whatever reason you want to come up with, have to go explore it, but it only appears on uh, the eclipse of a moon, like, every ten years or something. And so you have like six hours to get in and out. Otherwise, you're yeah. you're going to travel with this somewhere else. Yeah, it's like the and, uh, castle. Yeah, the Kroll Castle, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, really cool. cool. It has um, so it has like a lot of uh, old school stuff, which is like your race is your class. So if you're playing a dwarf or a drow, like that is the thing. But yeah. the advanced rules in there give you options to do. Uh, I want to be a dwarf, but I also want to play a cleric. And so that was mm-hmm. the big thing about advanced D&D is they broke away. So you could be an right. elf wizard. You're not just an elf or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool. I have been reading it. Um, I was talking to Lucian before the games or, or for the show started mm-hmm. that I'm super busy with my new job. 
learning. So I haven't had a lot of time to go over this, but uh, or to to prep anything. But I want to invite you, Lucian, if you want to. I want to play okay. a game, and maybe Check. I have some online maps and stuff for this Halls of the Blood King. And so if you guys want to, we should roll some characters. And, and I want to run through an old-school Essentials game just to get a feeling for how the system plays. And then I want to talk about it on my channel. So, Heck yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it will be a lot sure. of fun. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you after the show. We'll get you some stuff and we'll make some characters. Cool. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, old school essentials, you can go somewhere to buy them. I think they're all sold out right now because this just funded, but obviously they're going to be able to print more and, and you should yep. be able to buy it if you're interested in it. The art is really cool. Absolutely. After Layout's I just awesome. looked at them. They, yeah. And the size looked cool, too. Oh, like yeah. The size. It's, it's like, great size. to hold in your hand. It's It lays yeah. nice at the table. Like, I don't know. Let me find some. Yeah. There's just, like, super fun art and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> ah, it's too there bright, Jordan. It's too bright. There's somewhere. Um, they did a really good job on the side. This is like a little thing that I think is really cool is they color coded the pages in certain areas. So I can look at it and be like, oh, I know that this first section is all the monsters. And I know that this mm -hmm. next section is all this. So you, when you're flipping through, you're not trying to find page numbers. You're just looking at color bars and you can kind of very, yeah. very good yeah. design. Very good design. Monty Cook did that on their Tolis book. I loved it. So you um, get right to where you need to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one that I kickstarted was called uh, You Are the Dungeon. You were almost going to talk about this, but we had a guest on the I last know. two weeks, so you've not had the chance to go into this. And yet, we, yet. we played it uh, <laughs> uh, last... The last... Uh, I did a playtest of my game, and he brought this, and he's like, I want to play this. But it's a, it's a storytelling game where you start drawing a dungeon, and then you add on to it, and you make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, and then there's it uses a tarot deck to r randomly generate certain things. Uh, but it so it's kind of fun. And I think the idea is like, hey, I want to get, you know, Lucian and mm -hmm. Danimal and LB Hackem up. And the, the four of us together are going to make a dungeon. And then you make this kooky, weird dungeon. And then I would take it and I would play it with, you know, Lex and other people yeah. and things like that. <laughs> like, I, th I think that's kind of fun uh, to have like one group make a dungeon for another group. Yeah, but, one yeah. group's making content that the other group's going to go through. Yeah, that's yeah. actually pretty cool. <laughs> like, I think that's a lot of fun. And so, yeah. we were, we were, uh, we played it, and we made like a little game. And uh, my friend Matthew was just like, "No, I, what I really like about this is how many times are you in a dungeon, and you're like, why does it have a wall that bleeds, or like, <laughs> why is there a stool in the middle of the room? You know, but now yeah. you know why because like we went through, and there's all these kooky weird things, but they all have a very. Uh, uh, they all exist for a very specific reason, and that's right. kind of fun. Um, Man, you just made gave me a great idea. I wonder because you know how you could play. Um, what was the game where you make your campaign world? Is the game Mother? Is it Mothership? That's that, or is it um, Microscope? Microscope. Yeah. Boy, could you do a Microscope campaign that feeds your actual role play campaign? So one group fun. meets on one night and figures out the world and the stuff that's going on using those rules. And then you play it with your actual role-playing, you know, fantasy, go-get-treasure group. Yeah. And so you have, like, this brain trust of people helping you devise this perfect world to send your parties through. Oh, yeah. That'd be so good. That could be fun. <laughs> That's a lot of work. I need to, it does I need sound to finish like it. my you job know, first. After, but... yeah, all the other stuff we're doing. Yeah. Um, the other In one the that 
I've been that I kickstarted was, uh, and again, these are not sponsored or anything. I'm just really excited about RPGs. Yeah. So don't don't think that they're paying to be on the show. But uh, mm-hmm. this one is an RPG called Mazes, and I mm-hmm. uh, I don't know much about it other than the people that are creating it are like really passionate about it. Which we talked about. Like if you're super passionate about something, like that's awesome. Um, but every class in this game is a die size, and you only roll one die. So if you're a wizard, you have a d4. If you're a big, burly fighter, you have a D10. If you're, you know, X, Y, and Z in the middle. And so uh, you're, you're just kind of role-playing, and it seems really simple, but I like the mechanic of, like, this die represents me, you know? And so I'm, yeah. I'm like, small, but I have a higher percentage chance because I'm only one in four to do something. Uh, but the fighter can take a lot of hit points, but he's got a one in ten chance. And so I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It's very uh, Ben like to me. Yeah, Ben Milton is probably gonna. Yeah, yeah. I bet he'll I do. Bet a, we see this on his channel. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it seems very uh, OSRE and and really yeah. fun. So I'm excited for that. Very cool. But um, and again, I don't know much about it. I was talking about it on uh, uh, certain discords and stuff, but uh, everyone's kind of like, I don't know, looks cool. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so they've got a video about how to play and a bunch of things. So if you're curious about that, you can check it out. But very cool DM screen, the maze controller yeah. screen. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and then last but not least, Dungeon Crawl Classics. Go ahead and take a drink, Danimal. Um, take a drink, Danimal. I've been talking about this a while, but the uh, Dying Earth uh, box set that they're creating. Everybody's talking. Uh, about is Everybody this is coming this. to Kickstarter soon? So I'm assuming like mid this month, maybe the end of this month. But DCC: The Dying Earth uh, is going to be cool. It's a box set that comes with adventures and ways to play, new spell mechanics, all this other stuff. But if you haven't read Jack Vance's Dying Earth, uh, it's it's dated in the sense that uh, it's a little misogynistic in parts and things like that. But it is very good and it's very interesting fantasy, and it's very like. Yeah. The stuff was written in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, or earlier, I want to say. But yeah, so. um but it's very foundational for a lot of I feel Dungeons and Dragons in general, and I am really excited about this. And a lot of people were talking because they did a Empire of the East book, which mm-hmm. was also based off of some novels. And that is fine, but I I read I bought it, I kickstarted it, and I ripped through it and I was like, it's it's good, but I I don't feel like I'll ever play a world or I'll ever play mm-hmm. in here. And I even started reading the books to see if it would inspire me. And it really didn't. And so people were like, well, I hope it's better than that one. Cause that one was like, not good. And da da da. Uh, but basically they're saying like, Hey, we learned our lesson from not lessons, but we learned a lot from the Lankmar, uh, book that they released. Right. And Lankmar was a whole compact, you know, as a campaign setting with adventures and new spell mechanics and the ways to work. And so they're basing a lot of this new one off of that one. And I think mm-hmm. that's really a smart idea. And it makes me really even more excited because Lankmar's really good. Uh, I would love to play in a Lankmar game, even though I have only read uh, a third of the first book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So um, I think this will be really fun. And that's going to come soon. I'm, I'm going to probably tweet about it a whole bunch, but it, it looks really awesome. So yeah. yeah, I've got, there's a couple of announcements that I got from mine where Grimmer World's almost ready to ship. That's the one that's um, Shane Austin, Sean Austin. Uh, he was part of creating a oh, that's the game. Is he the World of Warcraft guy? No, no, he is one of the hobbits. <laughs> he oh, is yes, from Stranger Things. Right, right, he right. Is 
one of our great actors and I love to there watch was a World of Warcraft stuff. guy that was making a 5e book but there's also like, yeah. that yeah I saw that one still it's getting close I got an update on the um, anime 5e one that we looked at that I backed awesome um, so that's going on I get a few things from uh, Venture Maidens and yeah. some of the other ones that I've backed recently so those are all keep an eye out on your emails they're they're keeping up updates on that stuff so you guys know but those are the ones I'm excited to come in because Tolis I'm still man I'm still reading through it and still trying to you know it is so good but it is so much too, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, wow, there is a lot. I can't even imagine writing 670 pages of stuff about my world or, you know, my, cause yeah. I've, I've done Revenar and I feel like I've got this port bastion and I've got all these player groups that have come and played there and explored the area. I still don't think I could fill 600 pages of no. here's this and here's this thing and here's that thing. But um, it's very interesting. I still love reading it. I'm finding that my hobby is slowly, I don't think it's changing because I still want to play all these. I just don't yeah. have the time like you don't have the time at the moment. But there's this new hobby that I love and it's called reading RPG books and it's called backing Kickstarters. That's just a hobby now. It's yeah. like, it's not even because I'm going to play them. It's because I enjoy reading them. I enjoy supporting them. I enjoy watching people who are super excited about something create and then share it with others and i just get inf infected by it right mm -hmm. i'm just like here's forty dollars here's fifty dollars i'm glad your dream's coming true and i love reading through it and i love the artwork and i love what you're doing i love your little twist on it i like everybody wants to put just something a little mm. bit different and i love finding what that is or reading it so it's it's now a true hobby of mine i think yeah <laughs> just like well and how inspirational is <laughs> it is like you might not play in tolis but like you're just like oh like this i want to run this specific scenario and then you add yeah. that into your game and i think a lot of people think of campaign settings when well not a lot of people but they're there you shouldn't view campaign settings as well i'm never going to play in that world like no who cares mm -hmm. like I might never run out of the abyss, but there's lots of cool things in there that I'm going to take and put into my game. You know, like right. there's, there's a, a Sly Flourish made a video that I, I shared because I thought it was a really good where he's like, there's a reason to read published material. Definitely. And it's like, not just because you are going to um, play that game or run that campaign or play and whatever. Um, but there's reasons to do it because you get so inspired. And you mm -hmm. understand how things like I read tons of uh, RPG material, different systems and games. Uh, and then you're just you might come away with like, oh, that was fun. Or you might come away like I want to play that. But more mm -hmm. often, I'm just like, I want to use that in this type of game or like yeah. I want to combine this. this you know? piece. Yeah. <laughs> uh, perfect example is uh, Strixhaven. We're all geeking out about that. And I'm like, yeah. I want to run a game in a magical school. And mm -hmm. that sounds cool. Do I want to run it in Strixhaven? Probably not. But I like the idea of a magical school, and I will do that. So, right. yeah. It's it's our bardic inspirations that just keeps coming back and coming back. You're reading other material, yep. or you're, you're seeing other things, and it's inspiring you to create something like it, or it gives you a totally different idea, but you wouldn't have got that idea unless you were sitting there reading this one thing. Like, it just triggers something, or a picture mm -hmm. triggers something. You're all like... I'm going to run a game in the mist of Stephen King's The Mist. Or yeah. I'm going to run, I'm going to do this where everything's on the side of a cliff and <laughs> the whole world is like just like, you know, it's just you come up with weird stuff, but it's inspired by looking at other people's creative inspiring stuff too that they were inspired by. And it was just like, it, I love it. There's so many things I want to put in my Revenar game. There's so many things 
I think about I could run this type of campaign or that type of campaign. And what would happen if we ran all clerics, you know, in mm-hmm. this game? Or what what happens if we're all drow and we're in the drow city? Yeah. But we don't we don't like the way things are ran. And now that's our campaign, right? I love we're it. The, we're the rebels of, of the drow empire. What are we going to do? That so, is exactly like what I want. It's in the dark kind of game, you yeah. know, just something crazy. So that's all inspiring just because you get to read all that other stuff or see those, those pictures. Uh, oh, Very Steve cool. Zirk. Thank you so much for the $5 donation. Um, he says, I wholeheartedly agree with Sir Lucian's statement that I love supporting passionate, inspiring people. And he says, he's really happy that he found the show. So thank you. Thank oh, you so much. Thanks. That's really Keep nice. Coming of you. by. <laughs> um, man, so excited! Well, I feel about like not now. even on the notes, or was it on the notes? And I thought about it. Um, I feel like Critical Role. Oh, we didn't talk about Critical hit, Role. Yeah, hit a pretty big milestone. Okay. Fans of the show, I know Cyberwolf is a fan of the show. He may know. I watched last week's, thinking it was their last show, but they had a. I'm not going to spoil everything for everybody, but they had a big encounter, a big campaign turning. Well, the campaign's over, from what I've heard. So That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Did it happen? This campaign last two night, is done. They're going to start. Night. Mm-hmm. They're going to start. So did they one. announce anything about what's next? Or they I said, we've so. wrapped this up and we're going to take a break for a bit. Um, I don't know if there's That's a break, I but I, I would assume there is. There, there I mean, it was huge. So they, yeah. they did a seven hour stream. Yeah. Like it was yeah. insane. Um, and I, I need to read my uh, critical role cliff notes so I can catch up. <laughs> Cause again, I, somebody on the internet yeah. said that, Critical Role is to RPGs what One Piece is to anime. And I have not watched One Piece, but it has so many episodes. Like, yeah. and But the people that love One Piece really love it. But when you're long just like... episodes. Long episodes, yeah. And so they're like, hey, I love One Piece. You should, you should watch this with me. But it's like, I need to commit 900 hours to do <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, like... Yeah. I don't know if I have that. And Critical Role feels very same. Like, I, I yeah. tried to keep up when Campaign 2 started, but I was like, ah. Um, but apparently they had a phenomenal ending, and everybody was in tears. I saw a clip where they were just like, mm-hmm. thank you so much for watching. Like, you know, just that a cathartic, like, wow, we finished a whole thing yeah. together. So yeah, they're, they're good about playing a campaign all the way through. They're good about good wrapped up cinematic story ending kind of endings to things yeah which i think are really cool a lot of us don't get that a lot of us dungeon masters will start campaigns and they fizzle yep they maybe don't go to conclusion they maybe don't go every single night we don't have a little bit so even if they're that game isn't the style of game you like the cool thing about it i think is they get to go from start to finish and they're there the whole time they are on almost every single week their players are there. Their players are into it. They're, the dungeon, you know, Matt Mercer's into it. All mm-hmm. of the cast is into it. And it doesn't matter if the rest of us are into it or not, even though there are, mil- you know, probably millions of critters at this point. Um, they go from start to finish. You don't get to see a lot of campaigns that do that. So, but, and then they're willing to start again and create some new characters. And Matt will come up with another idea for the, whatever the next campaign. How long? Yeah. How long do you think he'll you know? play in wild Mount? I don't know. Like that, that made me wonder. Cause I'm just like, I, you know, We've you did two mega campaigns in it. So he did far. two <laughs> mega campaigns in it, but it was two yeah. different uh, continents. Yeah. And so I was like, are you, I don't know. Are we like, done? Is he going to move them? Is, it gonna, is there you know? a third continent we don't know about? <laughs> I, I, I'm curious as to, because I, I just know me as a DM, you know, mm-hmm. if I was, I guess, I don't know that 
because they went the all world. over in that world, and it's so mapped out now that he could continue and have a very good conversation. But like, you know, the big warring factions are are there. You have, you know, the the Kryn, not Kryn, is it Kryn? I don't know. Anyway, sorry, I I should know more about Critical Role than I do, Lance, but right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> or it could be that is Dragonlance. But I'm thinking but of the only the, worlds that are anyway. like that that are yeah. that big are fully published worlds, like you know, Sword Coast is that big. Um, or Eberron really is yeah. a story that you could have had two mega campaigns that happened in different places and maybe be contemplating a third mega campaign that you're going to play. So. That world's fleshed out enough and big enough. Numenera is like that kind of that fleshed out big mm-hmm. enough world. Wildmount at this point is that big fleshed out world now. Yeah. And we're going to have a cartoon on it. We're going to have shows on it. And I think that's really cool too. So I think good for them. I, I realize if everybody's not a fan, you don't have to be a fan it's okay not to be a fan, I think, also. But it's, it, you know, for those of you that are, hey, you know, th- this was a big thing, a wrap-up of a campaign, a finishing point, and now the excitement of something new may be coming. I'm always the most excited when something new is starting. Yeah. Um, and I love, so I can't wait. I will be looking for all info from here on out because I love the beginning. I may not stick through it all the way, right? I may not be able to, have to, be able to do that, but that beginning I always like to be a part of and, be there in the community with so i'm going to keep my eye out and i think it'll be interesting to see where they go next yep it's going to be uh, yeah and like i said i i'm i'm very curious about is are they going to stay in that world and i bet they are because matt's put a lot of time into that world and he knows it the best um and then you think about things like tolis you know uh monty cook ran probably hundreds of games in that yeah, world he and like, he's yeah, like we could always play in tolis like there's no reason not to play in tolis and so yeah, there's always something yeah. happening <laughs> a uh, city that yeah. never sleeps so speaking of games mr lucian uh yes. how's du- dungeon of the mad mage what are you doing man we're tearing through it right now uh, okay. we were on level seven um this is spoilers at this point everybody so if you're going to play dungeon of the mad mage come back in a minute or two um and Level seven was smaller in some ways, but bigger in the things that were there. Um, we got to fight, and there was some cool um, funhouse mechanics going on. With um, do you remember the very beginning start of C Team for Acquisitions Inc.? And they were interns, and they had to prove and get through the intern test. In yeah, the, the what was that called? The uh... Oh, I'm going to have to look it up, but continue. Yeah. I know what yeah, it's called. A name. Well, spoilers for that. You should have gone and watched it by now anyways. They got shrunk down in a tavern, and they had to make it through and past the big giant cat and the big things that are going on inside a tavern where the players have been shrunk down. So we had a little bit of a cool thing like that happening in level seven of Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which I thought was really fun. We kind of embraced it as characters, and we had a lot of fun with it. We had some big battles. We had some, you know, some crazy evil wizards that were doing stuff or trying to, you know, thought they were going to get the better of us, but we turned it around on them, which was really fun. Um, Some of our characters are becoming super strong in the types of magic items they have and the abilities in the synergies we're building amongst each other. Um, We're about to level up, but we didn't quite make it yet. And we're done with seven. Seven's mapped out. But we bypassed six when we came down. So level six we hadn't seen yet of Dungeon of the Mad Mage. And so now we have to figure out, do we go back up and map out six? Or do we continue down to eight? We might have to figure out what Ak Inc. wants us to do on that one. Um, 
which means ask our dungeon master what he wants to prep, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, we're probably happy to go either way. Um, the test market. I looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, yeah, where yeah. the, the, uh, the crucible where adventures come out and yeah. people die inside. So, and we just sent messages back to Ack Inc. to tell them, hey, go ahead and send some of the office workers to this new spot on 7 because this will be a place for Ack Inc. To, to be able to fan out from level 7 and do stuff too. So we found a cool place for that. We're building little outposts as we go mm-hmm. and taking them over as we find them. So really fun, having a great time. I can't wait to get to – I've got a big choice coming up. I am a level 7 – um fighter no i'm a level six fighter level three cleric so i could go level seven three or i could go six four for cleric and there's a couple of good reasons to go different ways and this is the part i love about dungeons and dragons the most over any of the other games this is the one thing it has hands down over osr numenera the amount of customization and and choices you still can make months and months after you've created your character are still compelling and still Mm -hmm. interesting. And there's still so much cool stuff on the horizon for my character to work forward to a lot of these other games where they simplify the mechanics. You have some places for your characters to expand and become something different. Mm -hmm. But most of the time it's not like equivalent to a Dungeons and Dragons characters where every level something's happening and you're making a choice and you're going up to level 20 and you know, whatever it might be. So this is the part I love as a player to really dive in. Do I want those couple of extra points? Do I want the more spell slots or do I want more fighter stuff? Do I want to go higher hit dice do i want to mm-hmm. continue down that route to get some other cool things or if you've already split class do you do it again do you, do you really go the third class and and really twink it out i don't know, <laughs> you know I've never do you done, are you guys using the rules to uh can can you multi-class into anything or are you using the rules where you have to have certain uh stats in order to be able yes, to yes we okay. have to we have to meet the requirements that he won't let us move into anything we don't have the requirements but other than that we do have the ability to go to any class um so that's been pretty cool and it's i'm what this is the first class i've ever done it every other character i've played i've stayed in my class because i've always heard that you know, by the time you get to a high level campaign, if you've split, you're actually way lower than somebody who's sitting at a level eighteen wizard and you're a nine nine. Yeah, right. That that seems, or I've been told, is a huge power gap between that. And so I'm going to find out because this is the first time I've actually had somebody split, and then I might only be a seven fourteen, or I might be a you know whatever it might be mm-hmm. if i do that's not the right math but seven yeah level 22 character that's great <laughs> yeah. yeah 21 or we can go past 20 dnd has rules for going past 20 so so too you, funny you never know so i'm excited um that's our uh, dungeon master from down under danimal and uh, he's running a great game so far his other party is we're catching up to him quickly um and he's had a couple of deaths see if any of you remember he's running his home group through the campaign and they're probably about three or four sessions ahead of us in timeline. Mm-hmm. We're starting to slowly catch up, but he's had a couple of player deaths. So he's wondering what's going to happen when our players get to that. Uh, is Are we going to have a couple of player deaths now? So he's a dungeon master running the same campaign, two different groups, slightly apart, 
which allows him to see how the dungeon reacts differently hmm. and things he can do differently as a dungeon master. It's a very cool idea if you have the time to do it, to run two groups through the same kind of content like that. So very fun. Super fun. I'm hoping, you, I know you uh, have a lot going on in the world of Jordan and two YouTube channels, new job, new kid, new house, new whatever. Uh, newly vaccinated so you can get yeah. out and actually have a life. So exciting. And friends coming back over, but did that allow you to play games? No. No. <laughs> well, no. So uh, I did a, I did a, we didn't talk about this because I think it happened, but my Numenera game got a TPK. Um, oh, yes. And so that was, that oh, was yes. interesting. We, we sat down to play. Uh, people made some resting choices and I won't super bore you with detail. Well, it's not boring. It's fun to talk about games, but they, they went down into a crypt to look for a magical item and they walked into a kind of a, a giant machine that like takes biological matter and reforms it into some kind of weird creature. And so there was like a creature that was made of all arms and it was just like six arms that were like spidering walking around together. And there was like a, a weird mutant with a, the same face as one of the players, which is kind of fun. So like creepy Numenera stuff. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately they just rolled really poorly and one of them went down really fast. And when they were trying to get that person back up, they couldn't. And by the rules of the of the encounter that I was reading, because it was a module I was running them through, the machine, after a round of being at, like, basically almost dead, the machine would start to pull you into uh, its biological vat and then restructure you however it wants. And uh, that just, like, boom, boom, boom. Cascaded. And then they, they pulled them in. And so, yeah, and my players was like, well, is this a TPK? And I'm like, I think so. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then people online were like, how did you TPK in Numenera? Like, that's almost impossible. And I was like, well, apparently I did it. So, yes. but they also rolled really, really poorly. We need um, a badge for it now. I know. <laughs> TPK in Numenera. <laughs> so uh, that game has done. And we are uh, taking a break. They're trying to figure out what we want to play next. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I offered a homebrew campaign in Endegar for D&D 5e. And I also offered a, that all drow Menzo Berenzen campaign, which I think would be fun. Mm. So uh, those are on the table. We'll see what they say. But a lot of people are going camping. You know, every, a lot now, of people are vaccinated now. now things like out. happening. Yeah. So it, it might not be until like August that we yeah. start playing again regularly. Uh, but the, uh, the flip side of that is I have my modular D6 game that I'm trying to play test. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had some friends come over and... One of them had never played an RPG before, which was kind of an interesting perspective. And he he kept apologizing, but I was like, "No, I actually think like like your that's good insight. You yes, extremely good insight to see how you are like. Does this make sense? Not yeah, we like take things for granted. Yeah, like does this make sense in the sense of you've never played an RPG before? And so he was he was really cool. I had a veteran player that like has played a lot of RPGs with me, um, and then mm-hmm. another friend who has played like pathfinder once or twice and my favorite with him is he said like this is way this is a lot more fun than pathfinder because it's simpler and i was like ah Mm -hmm. yeah good so uh (laughs) they had a lot of fun and i got a lot of really good insight on how i need to restructure magic and some other stuff uh so i'm gonna rewrite or go through all of my things and then i will invite them over again to play but it was just a simple adventure i'm like you guys are in a town somebody hired you to go to a crypt 
I really mm-hmm. just need you to go explore and see if the monster fighting mechanics work. Works. And they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it and it did for the most part. But they're also real squishy. They were at like level, well, they were level one, but they had not a lot of hit points. So I think moving forward, they'll be able to do uh, some more damage and stuff and, and survive yeah. a little bit. But that's every level one, you know. We did have one yeah. character go down and then Everybody they brought him back there. with some magic and <laughs> so it worked out. Yeah. Uh, but originally I had this idea where you're just like, a level one peasant, and then as you get experience, you buy stuff. But looking back, I think what I need to do is you get five, we'll, we'll call it experience because I don't know what else to call it, but you get five experience points to purchase things, and that makes you level one. Because mm-hmm. them going in with absolutely nothing was, was like horrific. And they didn't have an idea of like, well, can I cast spells? Can I do this? Can I do that? And I was like, yeah, you can't really do anything. I wrote it that way. That's not fun. Hmm. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is uh, we'll have those first five experience. Like you could be Mm -hmm. like, I want to buy a uh, proficiency in a sword or I want to buy magic or I want to buy spells. But also I think at level one, you could also buy heritage things. So it's like, I want to be able to fly. So it's like, okay, I've got wings, but you have to purchase that, you know? So you got to get to create your race and your class at the beginning. So Interesting. Um, There was talk of doing a live stream where I was going to talk about this, and I might do that tonight, so we'll see. Uh, Over on probably Twitch, maybe on YouTube, uh, where I'm just going to have my documents open and I'm going to, like, talk about it and revise it and stuff. Uh, So that could be fun. But, again, if you're a patron of mine, uh, all of the rules are on Patreon, and you can go and read them and things like that. Not that I'm, like, fishing for patrons, but it's just... We have a whole sub-channel in our Discord where we can talk about it, and things are people are given some interesting insight into that as well. Uh, but that's the games that I did. So, well, at least you got some testing. Pretty much that, yeah. My Numenera game, board TP'd. Games, right? uh, I want to do an old-school Essentials game, so I'll talk to you about that, Lucian. I think that could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you played the board game, too. I think we had guests on, so we didn't talk about that too much. But you played, uh, you were showing it on Twitter. Oh, Gloomhaven, yeah. Gloomhaven. Yeah, so uh, a couple of my friends wanted to start playing some games. You know, I, I invested in Gloomhaven. So they came over Sunday night, and that was fun because we, we, we didn't know how to play. So I had read the rules, but you, the, your first time through Still, is always kind of like a yeah. slog. And we started playing at like 7, 7.30, and then we got to the fight, and Shannon, uh, my wife, her character didn't make it. Uh, and you don't die, but you like basically you're out of the rest of the combat. So there's no bringing her back from the rules that we were reading thus far. And so she went upstairs and then she came back down and she's like, are you guys still playing? And we're like, we're almost done. And she's like, it's midnight. And I was like, what? <laughs> Time had completely flown. Like yeah, I didn't even games. know. So, uh, but that's, that's yeah. Gloomhaven's quality game. Like yeah. uh, it's a cooperative dungeon crawl. And so there's mm-hmm. a, there's a big world map and you basically like, we want to go here and then you look it up and there's tiles that you put down for that dungeon. And then you go th- slog through um, my friends told me that there is now a couple of uh, apps for tablets that do oh, a lot of the easier. heavy lifting math for you, um, cool. which I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in a couple of those. And I plenty of expansions to that too. Yeah, lots really of expansions. Plenty. And then there's a whole another game called Frosthaven that is the same mechanics but a whole new world, whole new campaign. So. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing a little, uh, it's called a mind thief, I think, and I'm like a little rat guy that can like steal your mind. So a lot of my abilities are like, I convince this person to walk into a pit and he does damage to himself, or I summon like plague rats and stuff. It's really cool. I'll so. save it for our next show, but I've been playing Solasta. Oh, yeah. Have you gotten back into that? No, I haven't played, played it since because it's now it's out of early access. It's yeah, now open. It's out, so yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely out. Are you enjoying? Maybe it? not next week's because we have a guest show next week, right? We do is it next week. I don't think is, so. Or is it the week after? Uh, no, I don't think it's next week. Wait, what week is it? <laughs> Two weeks. Okay, so next week I'll talk about Celeste. Um, we, yes, so next week is the 12th. That will be a regular show. Uh, the 19th, we have uh, some guests coming on. Some interesting so things. It'll happen. be good. Okay, so next week I will talk about Celeste. And what I've tried to do is create an all-wizard group. Oh, really? Run That's it fun. through Celeste. And uh, it's interesting and different. And I have things I love about it, things I hate about it. And uh, we, I'll definitely put that in the notes for next week because that's fun. I'll play some more this week too. I'm sure as I get through the uh, more of the campaign, which has been pretty interesting. So, and I want to compare it because what I want to do is I want to play that, and then I'm going to dive back into Baldur's Gate again, and then play through that so I have a real good critique of the both. You know, because um, they're they're pretty fun. But man, I want I want more options for my characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm spoiled. Yeah. I'm so spoiled for those of you who don't know, Celasta was a. It's a video game on Steam. It's a PC game, mm-hmm. but um, they took the system reference document for D and D Five E, and they made a fifth edition video game. Uh, and it's really true to the. Uh, it's pretty to the, close to the, the rules. There. Like yeah, nice. like you have uh, sneak attacks, and you have all this other. I mean, it they it does a good job, better than. Uh, well, I haven't played Baldur's Gate 3, so I don't know. But yeah, way better than a couple of other 5th edition games that have come out. So Yeah, yeah it's all the open license stuff for yeah. sure. So they have custom spells and things. It, it doesn't have a Forgotten Realms feel by any means. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's cool. Like, I thought it was a lot of fun. So Yeah, very cool. Um, that is our Wrap show. Wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming out. We're going to be back next week with another uh, Lucian Jordan show. And then the week mm-hmm. after that, uh, some some good friends from WebDM are going to come join us and talk about their amazing Kickstarter that's Yay. happening. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. We will talk to you next week, if not before. Follow us on Twitter, all the other things. And, and yeah, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.